you lot. Here is the Garage Hammer. Episode 194. On tonight's episode, they are on the start collecting box sets again. Because, well, you've got to fill time until the new age of Sigmar is happening soon. New Age Sigmar, what is he wearing? Patchouli and burning incense? What's wrong with these manlings? I don't understand. But today, I guess they're going to talk about more toys and what you can do with the fancy toys in the little boxes for such a great deal. Oh, it's a steal. Hardly any gold. Big deal. Let them just talk. They got to do something to fill the hour. All right, shut it. I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next hour and a half or thereabouts. We'll do our best. Hey, hey. I'm sorry. I'm crossing my fingers on that. Go ahead. Start over. Start over. He's listening to his show. Okay. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next hour and a half or thereabouts. We'll do our best and be informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you Age of Sigmar 2. Do we really need to bring you anything else? And malign sorcery? What is that? I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I am Stem. I cannot get control of your body until you give me permission. You won't get this. I just went and saw it at the movies yesterday, and ain't nobody heard of it. But I'm so white hung up about this movie. We will talk about that in the toolbox. But it's Thanks. Stem. Setting up for failure. I'm Appreciate not setting you up for failure. I didn't. I told you right off. Don't even try. I guess. Don't matter. Uh huh. I don't know. I can't think of anything better. What do you want me to do? Hey, I'm a I'm a shark riding elf. How's that? Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, I'm a pink. How horror. are you, Dave? I am hunky dory. How about you? I am exhausted. Yes. Exhausted. Today is the first day of my summer vacation. Yes, that's right. Summer vacation. I turned in my grades yesterday, handed in my keys, put my stuff I'll need for to get ready for next year's lessons in my van, and got out of there. So I'm going to Disney next week, which is why we're going to keep this show to about an hour and a half or so, because I got I got stuff to do. <laughs> I got to get yeah. ready. We're leaving town. Um, in fact, speaking of which, um, you know, we well, you know, we'll get to that later when we talk about the, what's what's up and coming in the news section. But because uh, there's a lot of it. Oh my goodness! Um, but before that, even we have sponsors. We still have sponsors. Yeah, I don't know why, but we do. <laughs> um, so as always, you take a moment to thank our very awesome sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore. And Six Squared Studios. For all your hobby basing needs. The TC War Room in Traverse City, Michigan. You ain't wrong. And Black Dog Hobby and Game in Loves Park, Illinois. Black Dog Hobby and Games in Love Park, Illinois is the place to be for gamers. Did you know that, Alex? I do know that. I actually go there frequently. I was just there yesterday, as a matter of fact. That's great, because whether you like miniature games, card games, board games, or RPGs, Black Dog has it all. You can check out their Tuesday night RPGs, Wednesday night Modern Magic, Thursday night board games, Friday night Age of Sigmar, and Saturday Warhammer. You can find them on Facebook at Black Dog Hobby and Game, and check out their game meetup group that is linked in the Facebook page. That 
is Black Dog Hobby and Games in Love Park, Illinois. Yeah, and we do have a uh, tournament coming up on the 7th of July, which is, we're hoping to be the first AOS2 tournament um, in the area. So we're going to have spots for about 18 people. So please contact the store either through the Facebook page or call them to reserve your spot. That's in like one week after it's released, right? It is. Well, the pre-order is on the the 16th. 16th, and then the books come out on, or the set comes out on the 30th. Yeah, I think that's the schedule. Not 100% sure. I thought that's what they posted. Yeah. Regardless, we'll be one of the first AOS 2 tournaments that you're going to be able to get to. I will be so, at opening day for the Bristol Renaissance Fair. So, really, my fa- we go every year. We go I s- know. a couple of times. It's my just... family loves it. It's the same thing every year. What do I care? I, I eat a, I, I get to go see the guy Mooney do his act, and then I eat a fried pickle, and then uh, then we walk around all day, and I don't buy anything, and then you know we go home. It's it's fun. It's a family activity. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so dave yes do we have any patreon sponsors we do we have plenty of patreon sponsors and if you would like to even consider being a patreon sponsor not you alex but the royal you the listener you um you could check us out at patreon.com slash garage and you can be one of the one percent who makes this show and all the things we do on this show possible uh, we should also give thanks to our associate producers, Phil Elliott and Dwight Sims, our executive producers, Misty Tempel and Nicholas Nafliotis, and our newest sponsors, Michael Schuler and Brian Baker. Um, and I think someone just threw in a straight up, like, just donation, and I don't have that in front of me, and if I missed it, I will definitely get it on the next show, but people are being very kind and helping us out uh, and keeping the show running and the lights on. So thank you so very much, especially when GW announces that they're going to be giving you all the things in two weeks, and so you need all the monies to get it and put it together and review it. Um, This is very helpful. So, wow. Okay. And if you would like, if you would be interested, if you care to... Talk to us indirectly. You can leave us a voicemail. Did you know we have voicemail, Alex? Did you? I do. But I, what's the number? I can never remember it. It's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. And if you're calling internationally, for most countries, it's 00-1-757-GH-SHOW-6. And you can call and leave us a voicemail, and it will probably wind up on the show. Um because that's what we like to do. It's fun that way. It makes us happy. Um, don't have any at the moment. I think we're all caught up on on the voicemails. Think we're all caught up on the voicemails. So, Good. Um, so we need more. Get yes, on it, people. Absolutely. Call us. Leave us a message. Tell us things. And uh, then you could be on the air as well. Uh, and I think that's it. I think that's all our intros. Um, so we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll hit the... Um, uh, the Garage Hammer News Network, and then uh, the Toolbox. So, back in a moment.
Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Garage Hammer News Network. Holy cow. Yeah, so everything's being released. It's been a little while, and now they're just saying, here, have everything. And yeah. Basically. Um, and, of course, there's people out there listening right now going, oh, I still haven't gotten my major release yet. But, dude, it's probably coming at the way, rate that they're going. Um, the Age of Sigmar 2nd Edition box set is coming out, and boy, oh, boy. Uh, if you go to Warhammer Community and look at this, this is crazy. Yeah, it's a big, pretty box with a lot of pretty toys with a very, very happy book in there. Every model is new. We're getting a big, well, it looks black. So is this will be the big black book, the B3? I don't know if we can do that. Well, they had the big red book, so I don't know. Yeah, but the BBB is like the Better Business Bureau. And That's why I, I just said know. the B3. B3 just, eh, that's a vitamin. Oh, 3B? No, that's an apartment. No. I don't know. Sorry. I'm certain it'll, I'm certain somebody will call it something and it'll It's stick. called the Core Book. Core Book. That's a good name for it because that's what, like 300 pages, ain't it? It's 300 and something. And then when, it, uh, so in addition, GW has launched their own, like, webcast, podcast, Stormcast. Ah, the Stormcast. Uh, yes. I yeah, listened so, to it. Yeah, Ben Johnson was on there, and he was going through the unboxing with them, and it's just a big, great book, and he said it's only like 18 pages of rules for Warhammer Age of Sigmar instead of four, but you got a 300-page book, which has a lot of maps, but also, from what we've seen, a lot of like background and world-building well above and beyond everything we've gotten thus far, mm-hmm. so I think that is going to be a substantially awesome read. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for for this. Um, there's just so much cool stuff. Uh, I I was looking at I was listing it out today as I was looking at Warhammer Community. So you're going to get the starter sets. Going to have uh, the core rules, um, a starter set of rules, so you can just get in and take the models you have. Just like when Age of Sigmar first came out, they gave you a couple of scenarios yeah. to play out. Uh, and then they're going to have the Battle for Glim's Forge booklet, which is going to have some of the story behind where the actual battle that's taking place with the box set you bought. Um, it's going to come with War Scroll cards, which they have now turned sideways and made larger. And so much better. So smart. I mean, seriously, because the old ones, I wore my glasses and I had trouble reading them sometimes. Like, there, it was mm-hmm. tiny print for no good reason. It was like, dude, just turn it horizontally and print bigger oh there you go um and so they've got all that in there um not only that but you get all of this so 
We're busting open a new chamber. So every model in this is new. There is not a model in here that is from an old set or that could have been previously purchased. So everything is new, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool because, like, you know, I remember the old Skull Pass set and then the Island of Blood set. And they there's some of them may be new sculpts, but they're still already existing models. Everything in here is new. Yes. So uh, for the Stormcast, you get uh, the Lord Arcanum on Griff Charger, a Knight in Cantor, three Evocators, or Evocators, I don't know how they pronounce it, five Castigators, eight Sequiturs, and a Celestar Ballista, which is the, the big uh, the big uh, crossbolt firing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these guys are new. I don't know what they do. I mean, they're showing, they're giving you little hints and, and things as, you know, in the Warhammer community. But, I mean, that's a lot of cool stuff there, you know, Encantors, Evocators, Castigators, Sequiturs. Um, or as, you know, as I like to do, I like to do the short version of the list. You get eight Sequiturs and 11 non-Sequiturs, but that's a different story. Um, then I, somebody had to say it. And no. <laughs> okay. Maybe nobody had to say it, but I'm I, I had to say it. But you wanted to say it. You know no, I don't think I could have not said I don't know that I was physically able to restrain myself. It would have oh, just blurted buddy. out at some point during the show. Yeah, we know. But <laughs> uh, so if you're not interested in the Stormcast, it does come with a ton of new night haunt models. <sighs> So including good. a Knight of Shrouds, which we've seen before, but now he's on an ethereal steed. Yep. Um, the Lord Executioner, a Guardian of Souls, a Spirit Torment, four Grimgast Reapers, five Glaive Wraith Stalkers, and 20 Chain Rasps. So that's quite a number of models in that box. Yeah. It's, what, oh, there's 19 Stormcast and I think 23? No, no, 33? Yeah, death models. So that's uh, there's a lot in there. That's like 52 models, something that's, like that. Yeah, it's yeah. a good number of toys. Um, never mind everything else. The core book, the night haunt themed dice, a range stick, like the usual stuff that comes in there, plus the cool war scroll cards. Yeah, I know. It just it looks so good. I'm I'm really excited to see this. Uh, the what you said? How many? You said 18 pages of rules. 18 pages. Yeah, and I mean, and some of that, like, if you bought that, I know they sold that little magazine, like, for people who are just getting started in Warhammer, and it came with a, a single Liberator model. And even yeah. if you open that, that four-page rule set was sort of spaced out, and they added a little bit to it. And I'm wondering if that's part of what they're doing, you know, just sort of fleshing out some of the details, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, they've announced some of the changes on the Warhammer community right. uh, pages, so if you're interested in those, go check them out. Um, there's definitely a lot to change with the terrain effects because those are all different now. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that's going to be coming down the pipe and that'll probably be the best place for it than a podcast or at least every two weeks. Yeah. I am super stoked for all this stuff. Um, and you know, I can just picture you just sort of, you know, you know, smiling and laughing behind your hand as I'm sitting around the phone telling you. I have too much Warhammer stuff, and I have no room for it. I have to get rid of everything. And you're like, what are you keeping? I'm like, well, I'm keeping my Stormcast because that's the only round-based you know, army I have. And uh, I think I'm going to keep my Death Army because I love it too much. I'm going to start rebasing it for Wapaka, and then I'm going to get rid of everything else. And you were just like, I, could just, I mean, you said nothing. You know, and I could just hear you. You know, Now I'm looking back at it going, I could just picture him laughing behind his hand. 
A little bit. Yeah. I, I, I made a lucky good decision there. So, uh, yeah. Because everything right. coming out looks good. Now, I noticed that the uh, black coach is not on here, even though they gave us shortest pictures of that. So I can only expect that that'll be coming out soon as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's, there's so yeah. much good. <laughs> And they've shown a lot of additional models that are coming out, like supplemental model kits, uh, mm-hmm. more units of uh, one of those things, the sequiturs or uh, the or the different stalkers or different things. And they showed, um, I believe it was a thing of banshees as a unit, um, which a lot of people had thought would be the Shadespire crew for Nighthaunt, and uh, I don't think so. Yeah. And uh, what so, else, and these are push fit models. It says, "Yeah, they are all push fits." Now they're not will, one piece. That's not what they're saying. They're no, but, but these they're are, like the uh, Shadespire models. Yeah, they're going to be along the same lines, from what I imagine. But if you just look at the quality of the models that we've been getting from Shadespire, um, even Dark Imperium uh, with oh, yeah. the with the Pox Walkers and everything in there, so. Their push fits are just getting just ridiculously good for the detail and the little bits of customization, maybe. So for all of these models, especially that Knight of Shrouds on the horse, to be a push fit model is a little ridiculous in yeah. a very good way. It's like now you're just showing off. <laughs> yeah. Because like, usually you hear push fit or single piece model and you're like, oh, it's going to be lacking in the actual quality. Because we remember what those were. I remember like, the one piece dwarves where they were just like, oh, I'm holding the gun against my chest because the, that's and, the and, only way we can do it. And it doesn't even like the, the, this, the, the gun part that's facing the body doesn't even curve down. It just goes straight across flat into the body. Like, Mm-hmm. You know, it, I mean, I still have some of those. You go through me like, yeesh. Like, you know, now you look at them, you're like, wow, they're kind of crummy. But I get you just want a single solid model, push it into the base and be done. This stuff, you know, you hear push fit and you think one thing. And now you're looking at this and I'm going, dad, yeah, you're you're just showing off at this point. Mm-hmm. And I got no beef with it because, you know, let's face it. Everybody else is trying to take them down a peg and they're like, OK, yeah, we're expensive. But look at this. Watch this. You get what you pay for with workshop. Oh, yes. It's always been <laughs> yeah. that case, and it's only getting more so. Yeah, no, it's 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 just silly. But I'm, I mean, I was looking at those sprues on the computer, trying to zoom in a bit, and like, where do these that that's nuts? Especially mm-hmm. the, the 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 super wispiness of the death stuff, and it's yeah, oh, just push fit. I mean, you're still going to use some glue probably and just do it, but you don't have to, and that's the coolest thing. Because you got buddies like my 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 uh, friends like uh, my buddy Hengels who I work with, and his sons are starting to play, and they're youngsters, and uh, it's going to be so easy for them, you know. And they they they're looking forward to this stuff, but it's it's just it it becomes so easy, <laughs> even if you're not a hobbyist per se, uh, to get into this. I'm so excited. Um, and then there's malign sorcery. Yep. Which I'm hoping is coming out on the same day. Um, oh, okay, so Malign Sorcery, I looked at it uh, once again on the website, and they've been they've been teasing bits of this too. So it comes with, well, it's actually, there's 13 different models, but some of them are multiple model models. Like the yeah. Little, so there's actually more than 13 models technically the in the book. The spell portal is a two-parter, and then there's another one that's a two-parter. So... 
there's a couple of different ones, but they're all different and um, yes, but basically from experience, they're that, fun to use. <laughs> but all of the permanent slash predatory spells have a model now, right? And so now you can buy that in this box. Plus, you'll get cards for all 13 of the spells. So you have the cards, you can lay them out. And you get a book, which I was, oh, there's a book too. And yes, uh, uh, you want this book because the 84 spells that they've been telling you about. Now, I, I'm assuming that the they're going to be in the main rule book as well, I thought at least. But now it seems like you've got stuff coming on here as, from what I read. You got more magic stuff in on uh, in this book because it's not a tiny little book; it's a hardcover piece. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of stuff in there, and realistically, you're gonna want to pick it up anyway. So, well, just for those cool little models. I mean, then you get the well for the cool little models, but also you're gonna be seeing more of the development of the backstory. Uh, with the Necroquake and everything that got unleashed with that, because we haven't seen a full-blown description of what happened in the Necroquake. So it'll be nice to see that in print, which is more what I'm interested in. Never mind the gorgeous, fun models that will give you a lot of different experiences and painting different things. So, Yeah, Harrison was looking at that. Harrison was like, that looks kind of awesome. He's like, is that a purple sun? I'm like, I believe so. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, what else? Oh, GHB 2018 is coming out. Um, I don't know if that's coming out right at the same time, but I can only assume it would. I can only assume that it's going to release when the new thing releases because there's going to be new models and new battle tomes, and you're going to need a new thing. I mean, it may be a little later. Who knows? But I just got a feeling that June 30th I'm going to be handing over all the monies. Yes. June 30th is going to be expensive from... (laughs) For a lot of people, however... It's going to be like Black Friday for Games Workshop. Yeah, but you got to think it's going to be so worth it for oh, I'm not what complaining. we get out of them now. I'm not so. complaining because I mean, they announced the new Chambers opening. They announced this... What is the... the what, you, what are the the death one? It's what... What's the, Night Haunt. Night Haunt. It's so the you, Sacrosanct Chamber and the Night Haunt. Right. So you got you, you got to have those books coming out soon, if not on release day, because you're not going to release a whole bunch of new models just with cards and with no book. So if it's not on the 30th, it's got to be close by, right? I mean, so that, the General's Handbook, I mean, all of this, if it's not coming out all on the same day, it's got to be within a week or two of each other, and that's that's just crazy amounts of stuff they're pouring out all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. Oh, new technical paints? Yep, those are hot, hot, hot. Um, so essentially all these things do is you prime your model white, and then you just dollop this stuff on it, and it gives it a good either like spectral flame, which is the hex ray flame, or like this gloomy, doomy type <laughs> shadow specter thing with the night haunt. Blue. You're either going to get so, the green ghost effect or the blue ghost effect. Which one do you want? And it, it's kind of like the star the, or the, the the gem paints. You know, they said yeah. prime. You know, paint it silver and then paint this over it, and then it'll give you that color. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Prime it white. Paint this over it. It'll it'll go into the recesses. That'll be darker. The lighter parts will be lighter. I'm like, oh, that that. I mean, if it look if it works as easy as they show you in the pictures, that's you're going to see a lot of that just going through. Yeah, I'm um, expecting that to be a very common thing with a dry brush afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, because you have to, because you need three colors. 
All right, you actually well, tabletop standard doesn't necessarily mean three colors anymore necessarily. I suppose. I mean, well, it's whatever it is to everybody because yeah. everyone's got their own expectations. Hey, as long of as painting, it looks nice, right? Yeah. Uh, new so. objective markers. Forty K has mm-hmm. really cool objective markers. Now we'll be getting some objective markers. Uh, scenery dice with a symbol for each each piece of scenery. Uh, command dice. Uh, and the new models just, you know, once again, uh, it's just, I'm looking at this going, okay. And I, I, I know you can't say anything because of whatever it is you do with the play testing. I'm looking at it from the guy who doesn't have the information yet. And I'm going, okay, you got a new chamber. You got the night haunts. Neither of these have books, so you know the book's coming. We've already seen models that aren't in the box set at games the previous. Like I said, mentioned the uh, the black coach. So you know there's gonna be other models coming out on top of this because if they got a book, they're probably not just gonna have a four model book because I mean, they did that with Archeon and that didn't go over very well with the with yeah. The, you know. And they released uh, the outline of the different characters for Night Haunt, right? Uh, Kudros Valentine, the Craven King, uh, the Mortark of Grief, and then. The other guy and the big thing with a scythe. So there's a lot of nifty models coming out just for the ghosts. And that's on so. top of all those other... Oh, my goodness. Seriously, I'm going to drop like half a grand in the two in three weeks. Oh, yeah. It's going to hurt. But it's going to hurt so good. <laughs> okay. All right. Relax now. This is a kid's show. Uh, our kid-friendly show. I know. Uh, but, I mean, that's, okay. So a box set. Uh, a box set with two new factions. So I'm, I'm guessing, if not this week, very shortly afterwards, two more books. So let's see. Box set, uh, two tomes, uh, lots of uh, two factions with new models. Uh, then GHB, so another book. So that's three books. Sorcery. Three books, a box set. More models, the Malign Sorcery box with the models in the book, new paints, objectives, and then a couple of different types of dice. Oh. And some accompanying Black Library book. Oh, of course there's going to be. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, Dave, get to reading. Uh, hey, all you Patreon sponsors, we're setting up our, the, the producers meeting. Guess what we're going to be talking about for the next three months? Yes. Gee willikers. And we've still got like three books to cover that we never covered. This is just, I mean, I ain't complaining because this, you know, this is definitely the type, you know, I'd, I'd rather have this problem than the opposite problem. But wowie zowie. Welcome to the new games workshop. So good. So good. I'm just waiting for the people who are going to be like, what my faction does doesn't have models yet. You're always going to get the complainers. Yep. Oh, so um, I guess that's it for the news. Other than oh, um, so obviously we're going to cover as much of this as we can when it all drops. Um, our next episode, which is due out on the twenty fifth, may be a few days late. Um, not because we're waiting till the thirtieth when it releases to drop, but I'm going to be in Disney World for a week, and then I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to get this stuff, and I'm going to need to look at it and talk about it. Um. We obviously won't have everything uh, yet for the 30th, but the episode might just be a few days late as we sort of gather our ideas and, and try to get things together, and I need time when I get back from 
vacation to just kind of put together what we're going to do. So if it's a few days late, forgive us. But um, I assure you, this is going to be the summer of lots uh, lots to talk about. So mm-hmm. great googly moogly. Yeah. All right. So um, did we miss any? I don't think we missed anything, did we? Oh, no, I know. Space Wolves and Orcs are coming out for 40K, and I know this ain't a 40K podcast, but I like me some Space Wolves, and I cannot wait to see that Orcs book. Great. Well, I'm going to be playing against it because Chris, you just bought all my old Orcs, and he's going to. Oh. And we're both waiting on that book because Orcs is the best. Sure it is. Well, okay. Well, Grotz is the best, and Orcs is a close second. How's that? That's better. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know you. I got you. All right, uh, so that's that. Then why don't we move to uh, the toolbox? Brought to you by Kazark Superstore. That's what they do. Their Kazark Superstore. Um, okay, so hobbying. How about you, Alex? Um. Well, I got a lot. <laughs> Uh, so I've been putting together my Deepkin army. Uh-huh. Uh, so that is 40 Thralls, 40 Reavers, an Eidolon, two boats. I got six eels yet to put together. No, two full boats? Two full boats. Okay. No, okay, yeah. I'll come back to that with a question later when you finish your list and stuff. Uh, so yeah, two full boats. Uh, I got six eels in front of me, and then I have to go get... Two more boxes of eels and a lot of sharks. Oh, right. Yeah. And then on top of that, uh, I've been working on my far striders for Shadespire uh, to get them done. And I've been doing a bit of hobby clear out, uh, getting rid of the odds and ends around my hobby room and try to streamline what I'm using, what I'm not. I'm just trying to Make room for all the new stuff coming, as it were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. so now, you had a question. Yes. Okay. So, now, when you play with Deepkin, you get to put yep. down two, uh, basically two terrain pieces worth of boat, right? Like, if you split the boat in half, that counts as two, right? Yes. So, but you can keep the boat together. And put down a whole second boat. As long as you keep them together, then they each count as one. Correct. So you're going to put down two giant boats. So, I mean, I suppose you could have both. And if the table was really choked with terrain where you couldn't fit it, you could go with halves. But there's Yeah, a- with the setup, you can either do two whole boats, a whole boat and a half a boat, or two half boats. Right. So uh, there's a definite advantage to going whole boat, right? I mean... Yeah, there's always an advantage to going whole boat. Um, there's a lot of uh, like terrain and channels you can block off or make it harder for your opponent to move around since a lot of your stuff does fly. It doesn't care about the intervening terrain. So uh-huh. you do get some advantages there with line of sight blocking now being an even bigger thing. So, But it's one of those things that I want to make sure that when I'm playing this, I have all my options available to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Because it just seems like, wow, put down the big boat, and you can get more guys near it, you can get more of your bonus, and there's a there's a bigger threat range to the to the wounds it'll do to your enemies. I'm just like, why wouldn't you want to put down whole boats? But 
It's just a matter of space. Because if you get pull, if you pull against another Deacon player, or if you pull against a Sylvaneth player, or anybody else that puts or down a, a lot of, player. or a Nurgle player, you may not get the opportunity to use the full boats to the extent that you may want to. But it's nice to have them and not need them than to need them and not have them. Right. Okay. Ding, ding. Got you. Oof. This, oh, wow. Okay. So anything else? Uh, as far as, like, hobbying, no, not really. I mean, I think that's enough. <laughs> yes, it is. But, you know, how about you? I have finally gotten back into some hobbying. Honestly, after, right after Adepticon, I was on a uh, a bit of a hobby high. Um, but it was only like a week or two and then real life came crashing in, uh, SATs, AP exams. I just finished, I had senior finals and then a week, you know, a week and a half later I got regular finals. So I've just been exhausted. Like I haven't done anything. Uh, so I sat down here last week and I was sitting down here with Harrison and we were watching TV and I'm like, you know what? I never even put together these Shadespire kids. I just put the cards in the, in the folders and I'm like, I'll build the Shadespire kit. So I built them. Um, I primed them. Uh, I primed all the... Uh, I, I was going through the, the, the boxes on the shelf that need to get done between the uh, between the Ultramarines and the Stormcast and stuff. I'm like, there's a couple of terrain kits still here, like the Azerite Ruins and stuff. I'm like, you know what? Quick, put these together real fast. Boom, boom, because they go together so quick. Uh, a couple of 40k pieces of terrain, boom, 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 got them all together. Everything's been primed. Uh, my Star Wars Legion terrain all got primed. Um, and I actually started painting Nagash. Um, following Duncan's Duncan's uh, painting guide, uh, trying to use some of the stuff that I learned from Vince Venturella at Adepticon. Um, don't know 100% if Nagash is the guy to try all some of those tips on because... Uh, a lot of the stuff he, uh, I learned from him I think would be better even maybe on Space Marine. Stuff with the larger, flatter surfaces might be a little easier to work with. Um, so I started painting. I'm um, using a wet palette for the first time, which, once again, everyone talks about wet palette, and then I'm looking at while well, I'm in Vince's class, and it's like, oh, a styrofoam plate, a paper towel, pour water on the paper towel till it's wet, put a piece of parchment paper on top. Dude, I was putting paint. That stuff, that paint stayed, stayed. I like fell asleep and came out, got up in the morning, and it's still wet. I was like, wow. So that's pretty cool. Um, and I've been working on just the sub assembly on the on the cape going into the the, you know, the spirits, and mm-hmm. working on that smooth blend that he's teaching you how to do. And it's not perfect, but it looks a lot better than anything I've ever done. There's a definitely a long transition from that dark green to the faded green. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, working with the Lamian medium and thinning down the wash a lot. And I think I put like 12, 13 coats on this thing uh, at that transition spot to make it look good. But it's it, it like, wow, hey, I, I made a transition, which I could never make before. So I'm super excited about what's going on with this. Uh, with this Nagash thing that I'm that I'm painting here, pretty excited. Um, cool. I fi- I finished building about 170, rolling out the the uh, milliput uh, bases for the for the for all of my skeletons. So I'm gonna start putting them on. 
um, just yeah, I've just been sort of like a you know a crazy machine, just pumping out bits of terrain and then this. I've just decided when I get into a funk where it's like oh, I don't know if I can sit down and go into high detail painting. I'm just going to grab a piece of terrain and start slapping on the you know the stone color and stuff because I can do that quickly and mindlessly, mm. and just a little bit every day, and suddenly all my terrain's done. So. That's where I'm at. Lots uh, lots going on. So I'm going to try to get as much as I can done this week and then be at Disney next week. And then over the summer, I'm going to really try to get get things revving here uh, because cause I'm having fun with this. And I really like to have a nice, nicely painted Nagash army for hopefully for maybe uh, maybe uh, Wapaka or something like that. I think that's all my hobby, though. That is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, well, it was pretty good. I went through a, I went through a couple of cans of spray paint this weekend doing doing that, which are really That's nice on right. my which is really nice on my Games Workshop paint rack. Did you see that stupid picture I posted? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, well, the UGG was closing, and she's like, "Do you want this?" I'm like, "Oh yes, I do." So I have that now. So, all right. So I think that's it for hobby. Do you want to win any gaming? Uh, yeah, I just got back from the Bug Eater GT yes, you in did. Omaha, Nebraska. Um, it was about a six-and-a-half-hour drive through the wonder that is Iowa. Um, so, yeah, less said the better. But uh, So I was going with uh, my buddy John Wenger and Greg Dupuis um, to go and check it out. Uh, the AOS organizer, Corey, had reached out to us a number of months ago about like running a good game, a good GT for Age of Sigmar and what he needed to do on this, that, and the other thing. And we showed up and there was about 28 people. So it was still fairly small, Um, but it was a good starting tournament for him. He ran it very well. Uh, The pack was almost perfect. Um, And there were very few rules disputes and whatever happened. He handled them very well. So, Kudos to Corey. He definitely ran a great event. Yeah, good on um, him, man. It's not easy, man. I run I run those little tiny 8 to 12-minute events I used to run at UGG, and if I hadn't had help from you, I wouldn't have been able to do that even. So anyone who can run a 40-man event, is that's amazing. Yeah. Um, it went ITC in March. Um, I wasn't aware of that. And, I mean, ITC is not really my thing, but we still went. We still went and uh, – Try to have a good time. That was certainly the goal. We got to see a lot of fans of the show out there. Um, I'm going to forget a lot of names, but that's <laughs> just, it is what it is. It's a very long weekend. Um, so for everyone that came up and said hi and said thank you for the show, we really appreciate you guys uh, Absolutely. coming up and talking. Uh, it was great to talk to you all. Uh, so I don't know if I would actively seek out another ITC event. It's just, I understand the appeal to it for some people. Um, it's just, not a thing for me. And you know what? That's that's one of the beauties of, especially here in the Midwest, there's tournaments all over the place, and everybody runs them different. Some people are running straight out of the book. Some people are running uh, narrative. Some people are running, oh, I'm just making up, you know, I'm making up my own scenarios, you know, because I think it's, that's cool. I enjoy doing that. Yeah. Uh, and some people are running ITC. And it, it you know what? I, I like to... You know, I like to dabble, so it would be. You know, I would. I haven't. I actually. I think I did play in an. If Gen Con last year was ITC, I think it might have been. I don't know. I think it was. Um, you know, but if if you know, it's it's nice to sometimes try something different, 
And yeah. the variety that we have is great. I would hate it if every tournament was the exact same setup as every other tournament. Right. You know, I mean, I have my preferences, but I, mm-hmm. I just I like that we have that opportunity for that variety. Yeah, and we're lucky in our location. I think there are some other oh, yeah. communities that don't have that luck where the ITC has really helped them, and I, I get it. It's just, it's not an environment where I felt like it was what I wanted. And for those of people that do think it's what they want, great, do it. But it's just not something I'd actively seek out again. Um, but... No, I mean, it was good times. We got to meet a lot of new people. Uh, huge shout out to Matt Farrar. I'm going to butcher your name, but uh, Captain Woodrow on Twitter. Hey, you saw um, Farrar was there? Was he playing AOS? Yeah. Farrar, you bum. Oh, I don't, even, actually, I don't even know if he listens. Does he listen? Did he mention the I, I don't know. I don't think um, he does because I know he used to listen. He's come last year. He wasn't there, but he's, I've been, we've hung out at Gen Con. Not last year because I, I he wasn't there, like I said. Uh, but like three years before that, we play Cthulhu Wars together. We've been playing Car Wars together. Like he knows Harrison. Uh, Harrison knows exactly who I'm talking about when I say Matt Farrar. He's he's good people. He is very good people. I didn't know he um, was there. Ah, it's a shame. I could. I would. I would at least sent a message with you or something. I love that guy. Yeah, he was playing Death with four zombie dragons and fifteen direwolves. That sounds like Matt. <laughs> yeah. No, I. Mean, you know what, list aside, he's just good people to hang out. We got to hang out with him uh, Sunday night after the event. Oh, he's so um, much fun. Did he have a big old stogie? I don't remember seeing it. He had his kids with him, so I don't ah, Well, remember. maybe not then. Um, but in any event. And then um, shout out to John Wenger for taking home best sports. Oh, nice. Uh, and definitely representing what we're all about. So kudos to John there. I only so. saw one picture of John over the weekend. He was at a bar drinking from a giant glass boot with Grant Fetter. Yes, he was. We went out to uh, the Crescent Moon in Omaha. If you're in the area, check this place out. It's got a really good menu, and obviously they do boots of frosty beverage. So definitely look into it. It was was nice to see a bunch of new people, and it definitely felt like that Saturday night experience was really what made it. for me, just getting to see everybody, talk to people about different things, and just see a new community. So, no, that's cool. Big ups to that. Very cool. So, is that everything for your gaming? There, there doesn't need to be any more. I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was playing Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Ascendancy, and I was playing Elder Sign with uh, Barnett and Harrison and uh, Brandon. Uh, Elder Sign is Fantasy Flight uh, games. It's like a cooperative game, you know, sort of you know mythos type of thing. HP Lovecraft. Sure. I'm actually going to do a Garage Gamer on it pretty soon because we've been playing it and it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, it, it, that game can get kind of bananas really quick, but we really enjoyed that a lot. Like even Christopher liked it, uh, and Brandon played it and he really liked it. Like when they came by the next weekend, I'm like, "Do you guys want to give this another shot?" Because I still want to get it down so I can do a garage game. They're like, "Yeah, we had fun with this. We like this game." So, and uh, update my Big Trouble in Little China game, which I ordered at Gen Con last year and was they were I was told I would should have it probably by Christmas, is on a boat. Right now. From China? Yes. It is on a boat oh, coming. Uh, and um, they're going to be keeping us updated 
um, within a, I'm, I'm hoping within a couple of weeks I'll have that, and that's a cooperative game where you play against, uh, you know, you play the, the, the good guys. Uh, and uh, I will definitely have an update on that. Chris Hughes wants to play that, and, and uh, 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 Barnett's obviously going to play that. So we've got a bunch of people playing that. We're going to do a garage game around that too. You are more than welcome to play if you want, Alex. I just don't know if you're a fan of Big Trouble in Little China. Would you be shocked and amazed to know that I've never seen it? Not shocked and amazed. Slightly disappointed, but not shocked or Harsh. amazed. You know, hey, I just you got to see it. So now, now, now that we know you haven't seen it, now we're going to make you watch it next time we're, we're together. So super, it's fun, and watching it with me and Barnett and that is always fun because that's like that's like going to an audience participation show. So. Well, you see, I'm not going to like that. <laughs> you don't have to participate. You're just going to get us just you know doing our. I'm just going to have to deal with you knuckleheads. Yes, stupid. Oh yeah. Yeah. That sounds so enjoyable. You can join in with the stupidity, or you could be the cranky old Alex and frown at us. It's up to you. I'm good either way. Get off my lawn, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you got any other? Um, yeah. Um, so, Kay and I have been working through uh, Orange is the New Black and catching up on that, but I also listened to a couple of different podcasts uh there was a version of Batman the Long Halloween. Uh, it's a couple years old now. Um, I believe it was Carl Epstrom. Um, there, it was a 13-part, essentially just a broken-up audio drama of the Long Halloween, which I thought was exceptional. Yes. Um, I found it through that really quick. And then there was another one for Batman No Man's Land, um, which was not as good. Um, that was by Darker Projects. It's a couple years old now, like seven or eight years old. Mm. Um, but no, that was uh, pretty much the only other I've been doing. Um, there's just been too much of everything else. Oh, yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, let's see. What do I got for other? Uh, I've been listening to the Southern Reach trilogy on Audible. Uh, that movie that came out last year that nobody saw, Annihilation. Um, you might have seen previews for it. It has uh, Jason Isaacs in it, and uh, it had Natalie Portman in it. And that's the one where she's going in. She's got, you know, she looks like she's dressed like military with the gun, and they go into that weird shimmery thing. And there's all the the, the trees and the weird animals and stuff in it. Um, I went to go see the movie it's from the guy who did Ex Machina, which if you've never seen Ex Machina, that movie is just brilliant. So I'm like, oh, I got to go see this, and I went to go see it. I'm still not certain what happened in that movie, but I loved it. Like it was just so weird and so uh, just such an amazing visual experience, and uh, Audible had the entire trilogy for one credit, so you could listen to the whole trilogy twenty six hours, right? And uh, the books are really nothing like like it's these books are not would not make for a good movie in the form that they're in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like uh, he's and from what I'm reading and I'm watching this, it looks like he took the first book, but it also looks like he mixed in little bits from some of the other stuff. Um, it's a weird book series. Uh, it's it's interesting because like it's it's really cool sci-fi. I don't want to get into too much detail other than something has happened, and in this area uh, in the United States somewhere, they call it the Southern Reach, and um, 
there's just this area, and it's it, 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 like something has happened here, and you can't really get in. And it seems like it's some sort of alien something or other has taken over here. And all you know, the people had been evacuated, but like, like any sort of weird chemicals or pollutants are all gone from the area now. Things are mixing differently, but people are going in, and sometimes they're not coming back. And the ones who do come back come back very strange and die of cancer, like in a short time. Like it's a really weird book. And you're reading this, and you get this group of scientists who are in there, uh, and it's, it's told from the point of view of one of the one of the four scientists who are who are going in on this expedition. Um, you know, end of book one, I still have no idea like what exactly is happening. Like, had I just read this and never heard about anything, I'd have been like, "What's going on?" and this, I'm really glad they had the whole trilogy in one set because I don't even know that I would have gone for the second book because I got told so little. Second book expands on that. You get more book. And then the third book is seems to be filling it out and telling us backstory. So it's, it's like the farther you get into the series, like they, it, it sometimes it goes back and revisits earlier things so you understand them better. It's just fascinating. This is such a – I mean the – the world that's being created is so interesting that even though not a lot happens, I'm like riveted. I just can't, I just, I need to know what's going on next and where they are and what these little things are that are happening. Um, I, I've only got like five hours left on the book and I'll probably start listening to it tonight as soon as we're done recording. Cause I just, I want to finish. Like I'm so excited. I can't, I can't help myself. Um, I, I'm definitely, I, I, Assuming that the end wraps it up well, I'm definitely giving a recommend to that. Plus, it's like 26 hours of book for one credit on Audible. You know, they're not mm-hmm. sponsors, but, you know, that's worth it. It's very cool. I really like it. Um, and the only other thing I'm going to promote is I went to go see a movie called Upgrade. Um, have you even heard of this, Alex? Nope. Nope. And I asked a friend of mine if they want to go. They go, what? I saw... I was on the internet, and someone was like, ooh, preview for this new movie. And I'm looking at it going, what is this? And, like, this has been – it's 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 a little small, you know, picture. Uh, not from a major – Doesn't I don't think it's a major movie house that's putting it out. Um, it's set in the future. Harrison and I were watching it, and we were blown away. Like, he wanted to go back the next day and watch it. If he was home tonight, we might go again to a late show. Um, it's – and Harrison looks at me and goes, this is the most cyberpunk thing I've ever seen. And it's not like Blade Runner cyberpunk. It's in the future. But it's like, it's that in the future, um, but it, it doesn't look like, I mean, when we first started watching it, it looked like it was almost in now. It was like not that far advanced from the stuff we have. Like everything, like rich people have really cool stuff, uh, but then there's still other people, you know. I mean, this one dude has the, like like cybernetic implants. Like you could tell he's got like cool things, like his eyes. Like when he looks around, you can see like the irises light up and things start to spin. Like he can see it, like he's got eye implants and stuff. But he lives in a crappy house. Like half these people can't afford homes, but they've got these weird implants. It's very much like the old like like neuromancer type of cyberpunk. You know, that's it's not like super advanced, but there are certain things are, and the rest of it's just grimy real world. Um, guy gets paralyzed, and the this guy has invented this computer chip called STEM. And it's it's a rather large chip, and they basically they implant it uh, uh, over where his uh, where the vertebrae in his neck is damaged, 
and it it strings together. So where that damage is, where it can't get the uh, message down, it reads the impulses and then sends them to his body for him so he can start moving around. Um, and then, of course, bad things start happening to him, and the computer chip in him actually has like a personality, apparently, and it can, he can hear it in his head, and it starts talking to him. And if you watch the preview, there's a part where some guy comes in and is beating him up and is about to kill him. And he's like, I need help. And the computer chip's like, I can't help you. Uh, you know, I can't take over and do stuff for you unless you give me permission to take over your body. And he's like, permission granted. And also the next thing he jumps up and he's like Neo in the Matrix. He's like, and he's like whooping people's heads and stuff. And I'm like, and it's really kind of violent in parts. And it was just such a cool concept. Like it wasn't. Like it wasn't anything that I hadn't ever seen or heard of before, but it was so well done and so well put together. Just a tight little. It's like it's like ninety five minutes. It's not long. It's really well. Like I was, I was Harrison. And I was just like, no way. When that ended, Harrison, if if he didn't have to go, if, if I didn't have to work the next day, if I didn't have to go back to school the next day, we would have stayed. We went to the eight thirty show. We would have stayed for the eleven ten show and watched it again. Like I, this might be one of my favorite movies that I've seen this year, if not my favorite movie I've seen this year. Like it was just the concept in it were so good. Uh, I was just like, oh, I love this. I loved it. I can't say enough about it. So that that's just me, though. I'm just I'll shut up now. But that if you want to see some some quality sci-fi without all the over the top, you know. It's it's not Blade Runner sci-fi, which uh, I love Blade Runner, but the special effect I'm saying it's it's not super special effects laden. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's more that uh, you know, I don't know. It's really cool. I think you might like it. I don't know. Maybe you like it. I know. I I know. I know. I like it. If you like stuff like I like, folks. If you like some of my recommendations, give Upgrade a try. It won't be in theaters long. If you don't see it in your local theater, wait about a month. It'll be on video. But uh, it, it was cool. It deserve it deserves a bigger audience than it's getting. Okay, so that's that. Uh, that's it. So that's the toolbox brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Superstore. Uh, let's take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk the start collecting boxes. We're covering um, flesh eater courts and clan pestilence, uh, mm-hmm. and we will do that right when we get back. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them.
go. We're back. We are. We are. Should we tell the audience? Probably should. Wake up. We're back. We are. Yeah. Okay. Start. Uh, so we did one of these before. These getting start. Start collecting sets. You know, getting started. Um, we want to keep doing them. Uh, you know, I don't think, and I, I know Alex, you helped pick these out, and I don't think necessarily with the rules changes in 2.0 that this our little discussion here will be outdated in three weeks. Like, I think it's still it'll still be a, that's one of the reasons we picked these two. Yes, there's now it's been now we're doing Flesh of Courts and Clans Pastel and Skaven, uh-huh. um, and they've talked that they're going to be in the GHB 2018 as far as allegiance abilities. Um, so and then these are cool, relevant models that we thought deserved another mention since we had so much fun covering these two battle tomes. Oh yeah, um, and these are older battle tomes, so that doesn't mean they're not still really cool. Right, and you know, flesh eater courts—you either kind of love them or you hate them. I know people who still love to play them, and other people who are like, "They're just not competitive." Um, I really like that book. Yeah, like I, I have no problem. Like if I, you know, I, I, well, I have half the models for it because I have such a, I had such a large death army. So this is one that I, I could totally play this one and and enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, why don't we start with that one then? Sure. So in the box set, you get. Um, a Terrorgeist kit, which can be used to make uh, Terrorgeist and an Abhorrent Ghoul King on foot, or a Abhorrent Ghoul King on a Terrorgeist, or an Abhorrent Ghoul King on a Zombie Dragon, or a Zombie Dragon and an Abhorrent Ghoul King on foot, or... <laughs> it's a, a versatile Lord, kit. Is that what you're trying to say? Or a Vampire Lord on a Zombie Dragon, or Prince Wardry. From Legions of Nagash. But for purposes, we're just going to talk about the Flesh Eater parts. Um, and you also get a unit of three Crypt Horrors. And I believe there's 20 ghouls in there. Yes. So, if you do the retail value on that box, it's stupid. Wasn't the Terrorgeist like 65 bucks? Ish, yeah. Around there. And then you get a box of Crypt Horrors and basically two boxes of ghouls. Because don't ghouls come in boxes of 10? Or do they come in a box yeah, of Yeah, they're tens, so it is two ten packs in there, right? Yeah, two ten packs of ghouls, one box of crypt horrors, and then the terror guys. You're basically you buy the terror geist and half a box of ghouls, and that's your eighty five bucks, and then you get the other box and a half of ghouls and a box of crypt horrors. It's For free. Yeah, it's every one of these is just a stupid value. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and this may be one of the stupidest. Yeah. Um. Now, the Crypt Horror Kit you could use as Crypt Flayers or the various courtiers uh, that come with playing Flesh Eater Courts. So this is a very versatile box for whatever you're going to be doing with it. Yeah, like you um, could buy it and build it and use this, you know, this, uh, this War Scroll Battalion that comes with it. But if you want variety, you could buy three or four of these. Oh, yeah. And, and, and build all sorts of different things. Um, granted, you'd have a couple of terror guys and a couple of zombie dragons, but that's not a bad thing. No. I think and I've got three terror guys, but that I wouldn't have except I, I won I won Chris Tomlin's army, so Right. I've got but I've got several terror guys and I will definitely be building some zombie dragons too, so I may even be picking mm-hmm. some of this up. Plus I yeah. only have those old ghouls from the company that shall not be named. Um so I'm gonna need if I do 
go with this. I'm going to need ghouls and zombies from GW. Yeah, for sure. So, so uh, now this box, the battalion that comes with it, is uh, a Flesh Eater Quartz Royal Hunt, uh-huh. which is a ghoul king on a terrorgeist, a unit of horrors, and a unit of ghouls. Um, so they have the favorite companion's ability when a ghoul king undertakes a hunt. He is often accompanied by retainers who fight with fanatical devotion in his presence. In the combat phase, add one to the attacks characteristic of any melee weapons used by royal hunt models that are within 10 inches of their ghoul king. See, and that's... That doesn't sound like much, but if you know Flesh Eater Courts, that's just dumb. (laughs) Because... There are models that put out a lot of attacks to begin with. They have very little rend throughout the army, except for the big creatures and the flares. But they put out a lot of attacks for what they are. So what you lack in quality, you make up for in quantity. Yes. Um, So just a reminder, you get ghouls, a unit of 20, right? They only I know, And it just says here one unit. So you can actually make a bigger unit than 20. But yes. but from the box set, you just have the 20. Now, remember, they do have two attacks, fours by fours, and they get one extra attack with their sharpened teeth and filthy claws if they have 20 or more models. Yeah. So, if so they go up to four attacks each? Yeah, so they go up to three, and then being in the battalion, as long as they're near the ghoul king, they go to four attacks each. Just right there, without any of the other special stuff that comes... That you can that you can play with because there's other ways to up their attacks, um, with other things in in the flesh eater course book. Yeah, with various spells and whatnot. But right now you got twenty ghouls who are basically as long as you have all twenty are at four attacks apiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, fours by fours, so you know you're getting you're getting forty through and twenty wounding. Uh, by the way, uh, you can re-roll. Oh, that's if they're near an, uh, an uh, abhorrent ghoul king, which is not a ghoul king on a terrorgeist, is it? It's or is it's it? an abhorrent ghoul king keyword. Oh, so it is. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, so then they get to reroll hit rolls of one as well, because they got to be within ten inches of the ghoul king to get the extra attack. They got to be within fifteen inches of him to get the reroll. So they're hitting on fours, rerolling ones, and then wounding on fours. So they're doing even better than that. It's a, it's a nice... I mean, that's what this army's about. Death of a thousand cuts. These things are just all over you. Like, I almost kind of think of them like if, if you watched that really sort of crummy uh, I Am Legend with Will Smith. When all those, yeah, when, but, but I wouldn't insult Flesh Eater Course with that comparison, though. Right, but I'm just talking about that, that raving, fast-moving... You know, all mm-hmm. teeth and claws, just rabid, you know, like attacking you like rabid weasels coming at you, you know, type of thing. <laughs> rabid weasels. Hey, you know yeah. what? They're nothing to be messed with. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. yeah, it's just like, oof. Yeah. Now, so this is a really good start to an army, and as we mentioned, uh, Buying several of these will get you to a very good size Flesh Eater Quartz army very quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, they also have a Flesh Eater Quartz ally box. Um, or it was a Skirmish box when Skirmish came out, um, which had a unit of horrors and some ghouls in it. If you need to focus less on the monsters and get more of the oh, that's boys a good on idea. foot. Yeah. 
So that's a good expansion opportunity for these guys. So you can definitely bulk out the Flesh Eaters and do all sorts of crazy stuff with them. And obviously picking up the book is a good place to get started. Yep. And then the GHB 2018 and, uh, will be good when it drops. Just to mention the Horrors. Now, the Horrors, you only start off with, a, you know, the unit size is three, right? But they start yes. off with three attacks. So they're also getting four attacks apiece. And mm-hmm. they're fours by threes with two damage, okay? The beauty of that is these guys, you know, got to be within 10 inches of the Ghoul King to get the extra attack. Their normal list, they got to be within 15 inches of him, and they can reroll failed hit rolls, period. So, Hard stop. Yeah, so they're rerolling with four attacks each for these guys on rerollable fours and then wounding on threes with two damage. So once again, it's just this idea of, I mean, it's such a small thing, but it's like if I start off with this, I get a little bit of an extra attack, and it's uh, it's great, uh, especially if you're just using this. If you're just using this as a getting started set and that's your only set, you get that extra attack with 20, and it only comes with 20. So as soon as you lose one model, you lose that extra attack. This battalion is like, you get that extra attack all the time no matter what. So mm-hmm. it's this is a very simple but I think I think uh, it works very well as far as the uh, the uh, the battalion bonuses go. It's exactly absolutely. Yeah, it's just more and, of exactly what they do well. Mm-hmm. And as they've mentioned in all the previews, uh, summoning is now free. Yes. And all the command abilities for the Ghoul Kings are to summon new units. So that you're going right. to need a few boxes. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. If they use this ability, you can set up a new courtier model within three inches of any edge of the battlefield more than nine inches away from the enemy models. It cannot move in the subsequent move phase. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah that's for the ghoul king on the terror, guys. And then the one on foot summons ghouls. Um, and then the one on the dragon, I believe, summons royal guard, which is flayers or horrors. Yep. Unit of ten within three inches for the ghoul king. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, because yeah. if you're going to expand this out, especially if you get two of those starting box sets, you might have mm-hmm. a Terrorgeist with a Ghoul King on it for this. Um, but then you might just want to build something else and have the other Ghoul King be on foot because yeah, he can move around and do he can do quite a bit on his own. He can. Yeah, he's good. Um, suddenly you've got forty Ghouls. You've got you know a bunch of Crypt Horrors. You got one on foot. You got one Terrorgeist or one Zombie Dragon running around. Um, no, just it's it's all it's all good. Yeah, it's a quick army to expand, and you're painting a lot of flesh, but it's dead flesh, so it's a little, or like that unnatural flesh. So it paints quite a bit easier. The models are really interesting. They got that hunchy type look to them, but they're still texture with cloth and fur and bones. So there's a lot to these models, and you get to play with blood and gore splatter. Which is always fun. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I mean, that's it's a simple one. But if you're interested in playing an undead army, if you're interested in flesh eater courts, um, I mean, because they they are separate from a legion and the gosh, but they can ally in. Correct. Um, but you know, they've got enough. If if you like, if you like the vargeists and the vargulfs and the crypt horrors and the crypt flayers, uh, and you just love the. The undead that were like the pseudo undead in the old edition, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
this is this is a fun book, and it's you're going to have a fun time with it, um, especially if you like rolling dice. Yeah, because you're going to roll a bucket. Like and, I would strongly recommend a KFC bucket. Yes, I mean it's funny because some people get you know some. I enjoy rolling a lot of dice. Like if I get that opportunity where I get in with about a bajillion guys with a bajillion attacks, I mean it's just it becomes silly. Like it's almost just a joke as you're rolling them. You're like laughing as you're rolling. Like this is ridiculous, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And even against when I'm playing against it, when people are like, okay, now I've got you know, I've got eighty attacks, so I'm going to roll these forty, and then I got another forty to roll. I was like, wow, this is just bonkers. Uh, to me, that just that always cracks me up. I always find that to be fun. So. Um, you could do a lot worse than a couple of those getting started kits and then maybe fleshing it out with another. I didn't mean it that way. Boom. And then adding to it with maybe just a couple of extra, a couple extra models. Uh, like I said, I, I like the Vargolf model. Yeah. You do need a few of those. Yeah. Add a couple of those in and you're, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, should we talk about uh squall's pestilent congregation? Yeah, so this is the Clan's Pestilence uh, start collecting, which has 20 Plague Monks, uh-huh. a Plague Furnace, and a Plague Claw Catapult Kit, um, which the Plague Claw can be used for a Warp Lightning Cannon. Meh. Or you can use the Plague Furnace as a Gracie, or a Gracie Around a Screaming Belt Kit, uh, which is cool, but for all intents and purposes, we're just going to stay with the icky green stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you can take the Gracier that's on top of the bell and model up a base for him. So, so you have a Gracier ally for your army um, because he attaches different, these different pieces than the plague priest that rides the furnace. So you do have some options there, which are cool. So you've got a lot of guys to get you started and the pestilent congregation battalion uh, so this one is the Furnace, a unit of Plague Monks, and a Plague Claw Catapult. So this one's kind of complicated, so bear with me. Uh, Squall's Pestilent Congregation works with, frantic, with frenetic devotion to reload their disease-laden, disease-laden war machine, war engine. In your hero phase, the Plague Furnace's Plague Priest can order his Plague Monks to reload the Plague Claw. If the Plague Monks are within three inches of the Plague Claw when he does so, the Plague Claw may immediately shoot as if it were the shooting phase. That's nice. Yeah, it is. Uh, The Plague Claw's got a pretty good shooting attack um, that gets better uh, with regards to accuracy and damage the bigger the unit it's shooting at, and then it doesn't require line of sight. Now, you may not use this ability every turn, because your army wants to fight, and it wants to get in there, and it wants to cut things apart and get things infected and gross. So, you may not use it all the time, but it's still a really good first opening volley. This is another one where you buy two sets. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, I guess I guess if you're buying two sets, you're not buying it so that you could really make this particular... I mean, you might. You might take those 20 and sort of keep them back to defend the war machines... And let the other guys run up and do what they say. Because like you said, they do want to get in combat. But this Plague Claw, so you can fire it in the hero phase, and you can still fire it again in the shooting phase, right? Mm-hmm. One attack, threes by threes, two rend, D6 damage? Yeah, and then it goes up to twos to hit with two D6 damage if it's shooting at a big enough unit. More than ten models. 
Yep. Ooh. Important safety feature, more than 10. So as yes. soon as it's 10, you lose the bonus. Right. And if it's Nurgle, you can only wound it on a 6 because mm-hmm. they find it pleasant. Yeah, because they're weird like that. Yeah. Oh, look. Oh, oh, how cute. The rats are trying to throw disease at us. How cute. Mm-hmm. Um. This one, this is a good start as well. I like this because, like you said, you have several options, you know, with the catapult and with the uh, with the furnace. Um, yeah. But the big thing I get out of this is that these are older models. Let's Comparatively speaking, they are a few years old. Yep. Um, but they are great kits. They're fun and quick to put together. Like the plague monks, I think are only. Hey, Alex, hold up. Four. Um, all of a sudden, you just you dropped off a bit. Did you move away from the mic? No. All right. All of a sudden, you started. You were sounding like this, and all of a sudden, you were sounding like this. And I don't know what happened. So keep talking for a minute, and let me see if I can get this. Adjusted. Sure. Yeah, I don't know what happened to that. So. All right, you're sounding okay know. now. Um, why don't we just back up to where we edited the first time, and we'll just take it in again, okay? Sure. All right. So, um, so I mean, I guess. I guess there's no real need to buy two sets just to make sure that this particular uh, battalion battalion works. works yeah, um, you know. But I mean, if you want, I mean, it's it's not a bad idea to protect your your war machines or your war engines. Um, you know, one attack uh, from the plague claw, threes by threes, two rend, d six damage, and if you're shooting at someone with more than ten models, um, what do you get? You get a it's two d six. And a plus one to hit. And a plus one to hit. So twos by threes, rend two, damage two D6 as long as there's over ten models. Or is it, or is it ten or more? Yeah, more than more ten than models. 10. So eleven or more models. Um, that's that's actually, you know, that thing can really smash things if you're, you know. Yeah, and it doesn't require line of sight to shoot either. Oh, that's so right. So it can fire from a safe position. Um, it's pretty tanky for what it is. Yeah. So, um, but then this box set is, it's made up of some older kits, but they're really easy to push together. The Plague Monks, I believe, are only four or five pieces each, depending on how you put it together. Um, and then the Plague Claw and the, uh, Screaming, the Plague Furnace Screaming Bell kit, they're fun kits to put together. Uh, they are really pokey, so just be prepared for that. Yes. It's not like Doom Wheel levels of pokiness. But they're fairly pokey, and they look um, nice. If you give them a decent paint job, these look really cool. That plague furnace—I remember putting that together and painting it for Harrison, and just absolutely loving it. Yeah, and they paint up really quickly with wood and metal tones. You can get a lot of practice with washing and dry brushing. Um, yeah, and then even with the plague monks, they're just as easy. There's a lot of cloth, so you get to practice those techniques. There's some flesh. And some pustules and some fun tails and fur bits. So there's a lot to do with these models. Yeah. And there's enough extra rats on their sprues that you might be able to squeeze out a giant rat pack as far as an ally. Sure. So you've got some options there too. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm just I'm just kinda looking through this scene. You know, if I was doing this, I might have one or two it's another one where you know, the second set 
it's still pretty. It's still a good value. Um, the second set can get you that instead of the furnace can get you the screaming bell, which has awesomeness to it. Um, mm-hmm. Throw you an extra plague priest. You always need plague monks. They start off in units of five or more, and you want way more than five. You know, yeah, because they die in droves, but they do dish out a lot of damage potentially. Uh, there's a lot of stacking abilities, and if you've got specific interest in it, check out our Pestilence review uh, that we yeah. did not too long ago. Uh, that'll definitely keep you up to date on it. So, no, it's a great box. It's a good, easy army to get started with. The range is pretty small, mm-hmm. uh, so you do get to focus. Yeah, it is pretty small. Good. I just realized that the Screaming Bell is not on their list. You would either have to, it, it would have. it's not a Pestilence thing. That's just a straight-up Skaven thing. Yeah, it's a Master Clan, so you could ally it in. Right. Um, so they can ally with all the Skaven stuff, but then, funnily enough, they get to ally with Demons of Nurgle. Well, that makes sense. Even though Nurgle doesn't think much of Skaven, I could see where they'd get to be in there and be an ally. Yeah, so there's some interesting combinations you can do. I Over the weekend, like I mentioned earlier, I was at Bug Eater, and there was a guy playing with, essentially was couple of these boxes and he added a great unclean one as an ally <laughs> no 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 with the bell and a knife so this way he can essentially be a good support battery for them yeah because the bell gives all nurgle models plus three to their movement value all the pestilence models have the nurgle keyword so now they're moving even faster up the table Oh, I gotta tell Brandon about that because those are yeah. Brand, that's Brandon's two armies are his Skaven and his uh, pestilence. His, yeah, and his pestilence. Yeah. And so his you can army, so. get these things moving up the table because, like, if you read the rules for the Plague Furnace, it is a bit ponderous. It has its base move, and then it gets faster for more plague monks that you cram within an inch of it. That's all well and good. It's still fairly slow, and it slows the rest of your army down to push it into battle. Uh huh. But now it gets plus three to its move on top of the movement already. You're going to be huffing and puffing real quick across the table. Yeah. And this is an army that you're going to want to have lots of lots of models. This is definitely a, a horde army. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's if you're going to get started with that. Um, I don't know if I would double box set the, the Skaven getting started. Um, maybe? I would. I would. You're going to want two Plague Claws. You're going to need all the Plague Monks. And realistically, a second Furnace is not going to kill you. It's going to give you plenty of options because a lot of the battalions do require Furnaces. And you're going to need Plague Priests anyway. So two of them is not out of the question. I don't know if I would go for a third. Ah, okay. But, yeah, there's some good options here, and you're going to need more Plague Monks beyond what you're going to get and start collecting. So at a certain point, just start buying boxes of Plague Monks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're going to, yeah, absolutely. But um, that's their little starter set. Uh, I think of the two, I kind of like the Flesh Eater Quartz one a little better. Getting an extra shot with the Plague Furnace is nice. Mm-hmm. Not the Plague Furnace, the uh, Plague Catapult Yeah, is nice. Uh, I don't know that it's as nice as getting an extra attack from all those models. Yeah, I mean, there's some neat stuff to both of them. I like the Pestilence a little better. Mm, see? But I'm a little more partial to the rats than to the, to the Flesh Eaters. Mm-hmm. Well, see, and there you go. There's a little something for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, 
that's two more down now that we've covered. Yeah. And uh and that's that's uh I think that's about it. Like Is I mean, that a wrap? Oh my god. Dude, seriously, the show's an hour and twenty. Add in commercials. Yeah, we're gonna hit this under ninety minutes. I, I don't remember the last time we did that. I don't know that we've don't ever either. done that. I'm gonna have to go back and look. But you know, like I said, I gotta dude, I gotta start packing. We're going to Disney World. And uh I'm 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 looking forward to that. Um, and we'll be back in a week, and then by then we'll have pre-order, pre-orders hit the yeah the day before Father's Day. Yeah, folks, you're going to hear plenty of our voices in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, you're going to appreciate this very short episode. <laughs> yeah, and so are we, because man, we've got we've got work to do because there's so much coming out. Wow, it's I I do not. I mean, heck, I've only been playing this now. For what, like 12 years, you know, 13 years, something like that. I don't ever remember this much stuff coming out at w- in one huge drop like this. Yeah, this is new. I mean, it's two new armies, basically. I mean, I mean, at least two new battle tomes worth of armies and the box set. And the extra edition of the... I mean, we already talked about all this stuff. That's... This is... It's... 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 I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Never mind the four battle tomes we've already gotten this year. Yeah. So, yeah. So, if, if they do release both of those battle tomes this month, that'll be six battle tomes in six months, plus a new edition, plus all the other little bits and bobs that they've been dropping uh, all plus year. Plus Malign Sorcery. Yeah. Uh, plus Bella importance, which I still like. I don't care what you think of those guys or, the, or what people think of the little using their little command points to do things or whatever it's called. Um, the prophecy points. Yeah, prophecy points. It's just, wow. Talk about a game just going into overdrive here. But it's a dead game, Dave. Well, you know what it is? I uh, I saw this and I wasn't even going to mention it, but since we're being sarcastic. Um, I've seen a couple of people posting how this is basically the actual release of the game mm-hmm. because the first release of the game, you know, that we've we've basically been, you know, what do you, uh, you know, just testing the game for them for two years, and now this is the real game. Um, I, I don't really buy that per se. I don't even feel that way really. I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't mind Age of Sigmar. I mean, granted, everyone, I think we all agree, points are a good thing. They help with the structure, but we came up with the structure as a community between the pool choices, Mo Comp, South mm-hmm. Coast Comp, SDK. I mean, it doesn't matter what it was, or even just having a conversation with your opponent. Heaven forbid we do that. Yeah, I mean, um, at times I don't know how I feel about that. You know, because there's at times when I'm, if I'm being honest with myself, it's like, you know, you, you you know, you let us figure it all out and then came in and said, oh, that does work. If you that's what you guys like, that's what we'll do. And it did feel a little bit like we were beta testers almost. Um, but I, you know, this is this is what they put out before the big switch over in in who held the reins of control over there. And while what they were thinking didn't exactly turn out to be what we wanted and what we got, what we got was something kind of amazing. Um, I still love the sandbox that was the first AOS release. Um, I'm not saying it was done perfectly. I'm saying I like the sandbox. I like, I still like the open play and the narrative play. 
Um, mm-hmm. Do I play with points all the time when I? Of course I do, because like you said, it adds structure. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I, I'm also more than happy to. Um, I know Brandon was talking about it, and he's like, if you get your death stuff set up, I just want to play against all your death stuff. I just bring it. I'll just bring all of my Nurgle and all of my Skaven because they go together against all your death, and we'll just not even worry about. You know, this is back when we. It's, you, well, you still do have to pay points for summoning for another two weeks, but um, this was then. He's like, you know, let's do it like open play where we're not going to worry about it. Just play the rules and let's see what happens. Um, and you can, and you were able to do that. And I was there was nothing else like that. Um, I don't necessarily see this as a, the first real version, um, but I see this as the first time. Games Workshop has basically sat back and listened to all of us and what what we think and all our feedback. Um, and I think you're not hearing too much negativity around the hints for this new edition, which is interesting because I've been around now for three edition changes, and they always come with the, well, this will be the fourth, the wailing and the gnashing of the teeth. And I'm not hearing that too much. Yeah, I mean, it's still there, and it's always going to be there. But not to the it's, extent that it was in 8th and in when AOS dropped, or in 8th, the, the freakouts yeah. and stuff. Um, and I think I think that's due to a large part in that the rules they're changing are being changed because that's what we asked them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, they seem to be doing it right. And I'm not sitting around here trying to kiss anybody's butt. I'm just saying... You know, and you've been through a lot more edition changes than I have, and this looks like it's the smoothest one I've seen. Yeah, that's far. Yeah, uh, and, and granted, it could come out in two weeks, and we realize, oh my god, it's not smooth at all. Um, but oh no, it's butter. Yeah, <laughs> so butter. But in the build up to it, even it's just you know my. Only grief is that they've dragged this out for so long. Yeah, this book, this game should be released already by now. If you're going to announce oh, yeah. it and drop all that, it should be releasing this weekend or next weekend, or else they yeah. shouldn't have announced it until this weekend or next weekend. It's it's he announced this about a month out, not two or three, it, because now we're having we want it fatigue. Yes, and that is the hard part. So, all right, oh. do we want to call it an episode? Uh, yeah. That's what it is. We're done. We are done, done, done. Folks, um, uh, please don't forget to check out After Illinor, the Garage Hammer Horse Heresy Book Club on the Free Buddhas Network. If you like 40K stuff or, more importantly, 30K stuff and you read any of those Black Library books. Uh, in fact, Greg and I just recorded the last part of um, A Thousand Suns this afternoon. This is my second recording session today. Um, we just finished recording that, and I'm going to try to get that to them, and that should be out sometime, you know, soon this month. Um, we're going through all the Horus Heresy Black Library books one at a time and reviewing them. Um, it's fun. Uh, there's a lot of other great shows on the Free Buddhas Network, too, and that's the only place you can hear new episodes of After Olinor. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, also, remember to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash garagehammer. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors again, our associate producers, Phil Elliott and Dwight Sims, our executive producers, Miss D. Tempel and Nick Naf Pliotis, and our newest sponsors, Michael Schuler and Brian Baker. Thank you guys for being part of the 1% who makes all this cool stuff we do possible. Um, 
Seriously, you guys are the best, and it's awesome. Alex. Dave. You got about three weeks before you can actually start playing the game with your friends the way you play it when you're testing. <laughs> That's got to get yes. confusing. Okay, doesn't that get a little confusing to you? Like, you're at these tournaments. Do you ever, yes. like, almost screw up and, like, try to play the rule the way it's going to be? Yes. <laughs> I caught myself a couple of times over the weekend um, at Bug Eater where it was like, wait a minute. Nope, nope. Don't do that. Don't stop. Stop. Yeah, because you don't want to give away anything either, accidentally. Yeah, and you I mean, can't. You can't but. Yeah, I mean, but still, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting experience to try to do this, um, but I gotta tell you, I just want to get to it, folks. AOS two is just—it's been a labor of love, and there's been a lot of thought put into every part of this edition. And I know there's a lot of people like freaking out about summoning and freaking out about all this, that, and the other thing. Guys, it's going to be okay. And, and not only that, but uh, like I keep thinking, we had this conversation before the show started. Um, you know, you're in different groups here and there, in different little social media groups, and everybody's, you know, GW does their little thing for the day, and then everybody's freaking out about this and that and the other. I, I am so in this like sort of laid back, like I'm excited for it, but I'm just like, I read it, that's interesting, and then I don't really engage too much in any of the other conversations because until I get to see the big picture, anytime mm-hmm. you zoom in on something, it can distort the image. And I'm yep. just, so I'm just like, whatever, man. You know what? It's it's not like I'm going to stop playing it. <laughs> you know? No. No, so, if anything, we're going to get more people to play it. Yeah. so Because it is just that much fun. Yeah, but I just I was just thinking about that. Like you were at that term, like, man, that's gotta be you know, at least this way, if you're playtesting stuff now, you'll be playtesting with the rules that we're playing with, and then you're just gonna go army specific, but at least your main core rules, you're not trying to keep them straight between playtesting and now. So Yeah. That could be a lot of fun. Most. <laughs> uh, all right, so um I guess that's it. Yeah. So we'll see you guys in about two weeks, weeks, maybe a few extra days if we're a little late. Seriously, forgive us. We'll get it out there. We just want to make sure that... We'll make it up. Yeah, we just want to make sure we have time to, to get it all together and not just rush something out as soon as I get back from vacation. So Exactly. All right, until next time, folks, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer and Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums, that's tga.community, or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.